poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and John Chai. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson. And today is Tuesday. And unlike last Tuesday, this Tuesday is a very tactical day. Me and John, we're back with some hands. John, how you been? You, you promised them that you would see them next week, two weeks ago. What happened? Uh, you are the busy one. Maybe we should we should go over that. Why why didn't we do an episode last Tuesday? Were you not in Atlanta? I don't know where was I. I I can't even remember. Was was that the uh, the Cherokee retreat? Days. <laughs> yeah. Those your 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 two tournaments that you play every year. How could uh, you forget? Yeah, my my tournaments. I don't know, man. Lots of lots has happened. You know, the last the last few weeks, lots has gone on. I I did play. I played my one tournament um, of the year. And yeah, played for a while. Did pretty made, well. How made it deep in a day two, uh, like eleven k. Um, there was I don't even know how many people. There was a lot of people. Uh, ended up in twenty fifth. Um, was chip leading. at twenty seven left at the dinner break and managed to make twenty fifth. Um, running an ill advised two x river jam <laughs> bluff. Uh, against one of the other big stacks so you know just a, a day in the life of of myself um to be fair there were plenty of other big river bluffs against big stacks uh where they didn't river the nut full house so the ones leading up to that turned out pretty well but i mean I, I'll, I'll say like it was fun it was exciting you don't get that kind of like cash game excitement um that you do when you know there's 350k up top and you're super deep and you've got chips um but it does make it kind of painful heading over there to the cashier and people are congratulating you you just want to tell them to go blank themselves yeah that does sound like it would be fun hopefully one day i'll get to experience it well, I think you have to last longer than like seven minutes in a tournament to. Yeah, they to say you have to make it past run. dinner break to to have that feeling. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't imagine you've ever made it past dinner break knowing knowing what I know about you in tournaments. Oh. Uh, I I don't need a dinner break. <laughs> <laughs> he takes as long a dinner break year. as he wants. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a fun you experience. Break down some hands. Yeah, oh, let's look at some hands. It was a fun experience. We had wolves in town, so hanging out with them oh, yeah, yeah. in the cabin, the fellowship, bonding. Uh, every wolf that came into town had a profitable trip, and so that was very nice as well. And had a wolf that even went deeper than me. Um, so, yeah, it was a good, really good time. And actually looking forward to hitting Cherokee again, probably in November um, for another another wolf retreat nice hopefully i can make that one yeah we'll see 
We'll see what's going on in the life of John. You only need to be there for like 40 minutes for the tournament. Then you can go right back home. Yeah, but then how would I open the Ace-8 of Diamonds? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Let's look at this Ace-8 of Diamonds. What's the theme for today's Tactical Tuesday? Suited Aces in Big Pots. Mm, suited Aces. Hey, I had a Suited Ace in my big pot where I 2x down the river. <laughs> so, okay. Suited Aces in Big Pots. This episode would have been especially helpful like a week and a half ago. You, you open the cutoff with the Ace 8 of Diamonds. The button, who appears to be a reg, looks like you've got about 130 big blinds behind. Um, you have them well covered. They've got 130. Uh, so mm -hmm. I guess this is the first decision point here, facing this 3-bet out of position with the Ace 8 of Diamonds. Mm, probably going to mix 4-bet and flat. Um, this time I decide to 4-bet. All right. So you I don't think there's anything exciting yet. Yeah, I think I mean yeah, Ace Eight suited is just it's it's gotta be a four bet in a lot of charts and stuff, so I don't think this is gonna raise any eyebrows. <laughs> we can find some charts where it's a four bet. Um, <laughs> so you four bet to two twenty five, you raise to twenty five, fill in three bet to eighty five, you go two two five, um, and fill in calls. So everything's Pretty hunky dory. Flop is nine six four. Rainbow. No diamond. You have the ace eight of diamonds, and it looks like you start out with about a quarter pot. See bet. Yeah, my plan was to do probably what you did to bust the tournament and put my stack in the middle at some point with a tie. Yeah. So, um, that's yeah. what I'm attempting to start right here. You're the preflop aggressor. I was not, but that's okay. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I wasn't planning on it to have it just happen. Sometimes the, these things are spontaneous. Oh, I'm, I'm planning on it. Yeah, you, you have the plan of putting putting all the money in. Um, so you bet a quarter. Villain calls. I would imagine villain's going to be calling here very, very, very often on this specific board. It's hard for them to not call. Yeah, this is almost like a actually. I I I I get like shocked when I see bet a quarter and these four red pots and then position caller folds the flop. I'm like, really? Yeah, what? like, what? <laughs> you have Uno cards. Like, what's the what's yeah. the plan here? Um, how do you not have something uh, like mm. an overcard? Um, so you bet they call, and look, you you turn something that changes mm. things a little bit. You turn an ace, so the board is now ace yeah. nine six four, uh, and the turn puts up a club flush draw. So tell me about what you're thinking here. There's 700 in the pot. The in-position player has got about 950. So SPR is like 1.3, 1.4. Yeah. Um, so now my hand has been upgraded from just a pure airball bluff into now kind of a weak bluff catcher, I guess. Eh, not too bad. I mean, turning top pairs is pretty sweet in a four-bit pot, a but hand. still, yeah. I'm not like... I'm not like value betting this hand or anything, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, Which explains your next action. I think. Yeah. So this is where this <laughs> hand starts getting, <laughs> getting kind of weird. So yeah, I'm not value betting this hand. Not right now. Okay. I guess I should rephrase. I'm not value betting this hand for like my whole stack. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is a spot where maybe the standard play would be just to check um, bluff catch with your turn top pair. And, and, you know, when we see about the flop so small, I expect the in position player to, be calling that quarter pot bet with you know tons and tons of stuff that 
might bluff the turn river like a jack 10 of spades or you know some even more super obvious ones like seven eight um so yeah i i think like the standard thing to do here would be to check and bluff catch i thought that i thought that i could get floated again here by like mm-hmm. a wide range and bluff catch the river i don't know if that like makes like if that's like any better than just starting the bluff catch on the turn um but i See about the turn for a quarter pot again. Um, yeah. Just hoping to get floated really, really, really wide. Uh-huh. Facing what jam. Happens. Facing jam. What's I don't, the plan? So the other th- oh yeah, that that's a good point. Is like I don't think I ever get raised here. Mm. Um, I think part of that is like a, a big part of that is that like stacks can go in on the river like without a raise, right? So if like mm-hmm. you know button sitting there with a set, it's not like oh my god, how do I make sure all the money goes in? It's like I could just jam the river. He can just jam the river if I check. Like so, so I don't think I ever get raised here, which is pretty nice. Like if they do jam, um, then you're probably calling, right? Probably. I, I, I just yeah. I mean, I, I would like be like flabbergasted for like ten seconds and just be like, what is I mean, happening? They could, they could have like eight, yeah, ten of clubs, call. seven, eight of clubs, maybe yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly, I just, I mean, I just wouldn't expect them to jam their value. So yeah. All right. So they do, in fact, call, and you get a deuce on the river, which is for all intents and purposes an air ball unless somehow they have the tray five suited in a four bet pot which feels pretty unlikely final board is yeah. ace nine six four deuce there's no flush um john has ace eight so top pair with the weak kicker there's 981 in the pot the villain has 808 so now unlike the turn when you said you weren't value betting and then you went ahead and bet for value <laughs> On the river, I assume you're gonna check. Yep. Um, so I check to let all those hands that can call the two small bets uh to bluff the river. I you know, even saying that out loud, like I'm not sure that like checking is necessarily better than just jamming the river with ace eight. Not that it's like, you know, obviously it would be like incredibly, incredibly thin to jam with ace eight, but you know, hands like tens, jacks, maybe even queens, um, that flat the four bet are are not going to bet the river um so is it you know are there enough bluffs in this betting range to to justify check calling versus just jamming that you say well i mean i think you is what you, you set it up well with your small bet small bet I, I think like if there's a way to set a hand up to where they probably have uh more bluffs than bluff catchers this is the right way um mm-hmm. using really small bet really small bet so like i would just yeah I think that checking is probably preferred to bluff catching. Like, yeah, I mean, you block eight, nine. I guess they could have like nine, 10 or jack nine, um, maybe king nine suited and then jacks and tens. But I don't think that king nine, jack nine, nine, 10 call at like an absolute frequency. They're going to call it like a lowish mm-hmm. type frequency. And jacks and tens are kind of in the same boat there too. I think they do fold. Um, somewhat regularly so like mm-hmm. even targeting those hands you're probably only targeting like half of the combos or probably even right. less than that honestly 30 percent, 20 percent, and then right. that just means right. they're probably going to have a lot more uh you know busted straight draws or backdoor flush draws than the bluff catchers yeah. okay yeah. all right so yeah i'm glad you agree with the the river check um yeah. so yeah yeah i'm on board i check he puts his last 808 in and mm-hmm. we stick with the plan bluff catch the river and call and you win 
Oh man, I was so ha- I was like unreasonably proud of this hand when it happened. I was like, oh my god, I just got this guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, too bad you can't post a meme um, directly after winning a hand. I'm sure <laughs> have the memes loaded up. Uh, yeah, no, it's I just did like the thanks. <laughs> Sunglass <laughs> emoji. Boom. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's a very it's a well played hand. I think it's pretty unique and interesting. So well done. Let's see if the hand coming out of the break is unique or interesting. But I guess you'll have suited ace and play a big pot. So stick around and see the All second the hand. Money goes in. You survived preflop boot camp. You've shot the fish in a barrel. Now prepare yourself for the feeding frenzy. A comprehensive strategy for gutting every fish in your player pool. Data-driven hero bluffs, light call-downs, and perfect value bets that are maximally designed to hurt some feelings. Feeding Frenzy. Available now at ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash Feeding Frenzy. All right. Welcome back to this Suited Ace Big Pot-themed episode of Tactical Tuesday, as promised. John's on the button with an ace nine of spades. It looks like everybody has folded to him on the button. So I guess that's where we'll start. So I'm on the button, 100 big blinds effective, ace nine of spades. I open to $30. Big blind, who is a reg, three bets to 145. A little bit on the big side. Yeah, that is on the big side. Yeah. I would expect about. 130 or so, but they went 14.5. You decide to call because you have an ace and a nine of spades. This would be very boring if you folded. And you flop trips. Well done. Yeah. Ace, ace, four rainbow with one spade. Um, Big blind, pre-flop three better. Checks his flop instead of C-betting. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that was a little unexpected. Um. Yeah, I would expect him to see bet this board on almost an absolute basis. I think you could go one way or the other. Like, I, I think betting small has got to be just okay, uh, especially facing a check on this board, mm-hmm. um, like 25 or 30%. I think checking behind is also reasonable as well. I might bet, though. Might be tem- too tempted you to bet. You think that they have more board. bluff catchers? Yeah. I just don't think they're folding. I think right. that more money's going to be going in this pot somehow if we start by betting the flop. And I, I think, honestly, with SPR like 2.5, um, Billen probably expects us to check back our ASX more than betting them on the flop. But maybe they expect mm-hmm. us to check, check back range on the flop too because it's such a weird board for them to check. I'm torn. Gotcha. So you think like there's this checking range is uh, like has some showdown in it. Basically, it's not like 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 there are spots, you know, that are similar where I'm sure you would say, oh, we we should check back even with a pretty strong hand like trip aces because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we get to pick off bluffs on the turn and river. And you think that's like less. um, I just think hands like queen queen jack, jack 10, king jack, king 10, Mm -hmm. seven, eight with back doors. Like. This is just a board that 
those hands are going to start betting in general. Like, so when they check, I think it, to me, it, it, it likely rules out a lot of the air region and makes it to where they have more like Kings, Queens, Jacks, tens type hands. Mm -hmm. I mean, they could have like ace five, ace King, ace five suited, ace queen, ace Jack, ace 10 as well. So, yeah. Okay. So I go with, uh, one of your suggestions and decide to check back the flop. Well, probably I mean, they're, they're only exactly two viable you. ones, right? Like you, you, you could just rip the flop. I, I don't think that's gonna <laughs> gonna be so great. Um, <laughs> there were only two reasonable options. Five spades on the turn. Yeah, two ninety five. Now you got a flush draw with your trips. This is why you call the the big three bets on the button with the ace nine of spades. I understand now. Everything makes sense. And the villain big blind leads here. Yeah, yeah they bet pretty big too, eh? Yeah, I don't really know what to make of this bet. I was not expecting the size. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we're not folding not flush draw and, and trips. Um, feeling a little uneasy? I was feeling uneasy. Yeah, I would not expect like, you know, kings through tens maybe to like, or kings through nines, whatever, to like bet the size on the turn. If they did check those hands on the flop, I would expect those hands to likely just check the turn again. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of uncomfortable when I saw this size. Well, I mean, it's polarizing and yeah. on the flop, as I said, <laughs> it feels like they check, they, they remove a lot of the bottom end of the polarization by checking. And so yep. now when they polarize on the turn, it, you, you should definitely be feeling a little queasy. Okay, good. I'm glad it wasn't just, just me. No, I would be feeling very bad and just very much want a spade. We don't get the spade, get the queen no. of clubs instead on the river. So the final board is ace, ace, four, five, queen. Yeah. Don't always get what you want. I guess that's how it goes. Let me guess. They don't check the river. No, they do. That's they why this do is so check the river. Wow. That one. Ah. <laughs> All right. You spoiled it, but yeah, there was I, a long I would, time before this 677 went in. Yeah. I would check behind. I wouldn't bet the river. I mean, I just think that, I uh, th- like, like I said, they, they have a polarized range on the turn and they still maintain that and you're just jamming into a polarized range. So like hoping yeah. it's called by King Queen of Spades, Queen Jack of Spades. Or I thought like maybe he does like sometimes just spit like Kings and Jacks like on the turn for that size and I can just rep enough like six, seven and busted spades on the river. Like that's the reason I jammed. Yeah. I again, like there was, I tanked for a really, really long time before putting this money in. I had no idea whether half his range that calls is, is, yeah. uh, is going to be losing to ace nine. Um, it really depends on like if he ever bets like Kings that size on the turn and decides to bluff catch the river. That I would seems, imagine not. Now that I say that out loud, yeah. That seems like, like, <laughs> that, that seems kind of silly uh, yeah, after you yeah. say it out loud. I, like, I, I think the river is just a snap check back and okay. shouldn't be bet. Yeah. The river was the, uh, the flop was like a small question for me, but the river was the biggest question. I'm, yeah. Ugh. I hope you get punished for it. I don't. You don't get punished. They folded. Mm. Yeah. Well, you did get punished because they folded. So. At least you didn't get rewarded by them calling yeah. with kings somehow, <laughs> magically. Do you know what they had? No, we don't know what they had. Oh, it's a mystery. I'm going to guess they had nothing. 
<laughs> yeah, they, the speed at which they folded suggests they had nothing. Yeah. When they bet the turn and they say, oh, I have a strong hand or I have nothing, and then you jam the river, they probably didn't fold the strong hand very quickly. Yeah, it's yeah, more yeah. likely than nothing. Okay, okay. Bad jam on the river. Okay. Yeah, a little ambitious, a little ambitious, but you're an ambitious guy. What I was worried about. Say? Yeah, an optimist. Well, you, you felt queasy on the turn, but facing that, that river check, queasiness was like, hmm. What a good check by them if they have like ace king, ace queen. You just. Oh, yeah, that's what I was worried about was like just getting trapped by ace queen, pocket queens that bet the turn. Like, if, you know, if we were saying that he bets kings and jacks that side, we're not turn, saying might that. Call at the river. All. <laughs> You're saying that. <laughs> right. Well, you know, if I'm expecting kings and jacks to like sometimes call, that means he sometimes has queens, which, you know, might trap the river. So, yeah, a lot of definitely no shortage of hands to get trapped by on the river. And uh, yeah, I think their value should just check. Like, you're going to have hands like you have that probably can't resist jamming itself. And then maybe some backdoor spades <laughs> that don't bet the flop. Um, so I think, I, I think villain's action with good hands should probably just be pure check. Yeah. Yeah. But, <sighs> All right. Bummed out about my river jam now. Nice. Nice. You can carry that with you throughout the next week. <laughs> and yeah, I don't have anything left to add for this week's episode of Tactical Tuesday. Good stuff. All right, all right. Good hands. See you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community. Book a coaching session or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.